just dealing with forerunners and having a heart for God. What is a forerunner? See, God wants to cause us to ready our hearts for what the Lord is about to do next. And um, there has to be a people that are forerunners or pioneers in what God's going to do. Um, my message will have nothing to do with Christmas other than I will mention King David. So I will mention Jesus, but I just want you to know we're, we're going prophetically to prepare a way for what God wants to do in America, I believe, and in the church. And so just you can start with me. Just go to Hebrews chapter 6. And... Um, But I just really feel like in speaking about a forerunner, I just felt like the Lord began to... I, I really had an encounter with the Lord this week. And God began to speak to me about David being a man after God's own heart and what that looks like in a forerunning ministry. Because how many know that what God wants to do in this hour, we have to have God, we have to have our full attention on the Lord, and I want His full attention on me. <laughs> do you understand me? That kind of goes both ways, right? The Lord, you you fully attend to the Lord, not like He doesn't; He's ignoring you. But I believe this: that as my eyes are are beholding Him, I get His attention. And even as I ended it last, was it last week, about blind Bartimaeus, he, he, he began to make a ruckus, right? He made a loud cry saying, Jesus, he's waving Jesus down and everyone else is telling him to be quiet. And the Holy Spirit wants us to be a people that are able to speak out and declare who God is and, and cry out to God and not care who's around us. All right, we're going we're gonna to knock the tameness out of the church tonight, okay? And there's a radical obedience that God is calling us to. And I just want you to go to Hebrews 6, verse 19. It says this, this hope we have as an anchor of our soul, it's both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. How many want to enter the presence? And how many know that we no longer have the veil? The veil has been torn. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us that Jesus Christ became the new and living way to enter in to the presence of the Lord. And I just want you to know that there, in which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner, 
has entered for us. Even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order, to an order, a new order. And we went into that a few weeks back, maybe a month or so back, about the Melchizedek order. Melchizedek was the king, and he was a priest. <laughs> With no genealogy. Yeah, very mystical. Appeared in the, in the time with Genesis to Abraham and broke open and broke open bread and wine. And so I just want us to just understand what God has for us. And I believe I just want to speak about this forerunner anointing tonight because everyone in this room, you've been called into this forerunner anointing. You've called the breakway, breakthrough, open up, pioneer, move into new things, uh, break out and break into new things that the Lord has, has called us to do. But there's something mainly that I, wanna, I want us to, you have to be ready to do this. Like the Lord is trying to ready the church to break out and to break in. And I felt like King David is like, there's so many things in King David's life that foreshadow what we're called to do in this hour. And so by the Lord's grace, I'm going to be able to articulate this to you tonight. And uh, a forerunner is it's pertaining to going before someone, right? It's, you go before. You make a way, right? And undergoes an experience in advance of someone to move forward. So we experience, we encounter something, and we're a prototype. Listen to me, you're a prototype of something that God wants to do in the earth. Am I talking to someone tonight? God, really, we don't understand, like, there's always, always this talk about the new thing that God wants to do. And I believe God's very, con you know, very foundational and concrete on some of the things that he wants to do. And there, there are some areas that we don't understand. And you may not understand until we're formed and we become like him. And we begin to step into the things that he's always called us to do. But we just don't understand the fullness of it yet. So it's the kingdom within you already. It's already happening. He's already in you. The kingdom of, of heaven is within you. And you're to walk in the kingdom realm in this hour. And there is a kingship. Believe me, I believe we're about to step into something brand new. Just because of I know when the Lord speaks to me and he begins to appear to me in certain ways, I know he's speaking. So about there's something that we're about to engage in and step into. How many want to engage and step into a forerunner ministry? How many want to pioneer something that's never been seen before? But, and it doesn't have to be something strange and weird, although it may be not understood by the previous generation, by what we've known as church in the past. It may not be understood in that way. And God wants to break us out of our old thinking so that we can step into the new thinking that helps us to walk in confidence and in the fullness of what God wants to do in this hour. Are you with me? All right, so a pioneer is, actually I just looked this up in Webster's, a pioneer is a member of a military unit, usually of construction engineers. I was like, whoa, that's heavy. A pioneer, that's the first definition that came up in, in, in Webster. So I, I thought that was interesting because we're called into the army, Joel's army, come on, the new wine's flowing, 
And we're, we're called to construct something that's never been seen before. Come on, you need the unit to go in and build something that's never been understood, never been stepped into before, never been even seen before. And God wants to do that in the earth in this hour. It also means a person or a group that originates or helps open up a new line of thought or an activity or, or a new method or mechanical development. It, it's all about being uh, forerunning and, and, and having something that we're stepping into ahead of everyone else. And so there's going to be a, a portion of the church, the remnant of the church, that begins to model something that God has always wanted in the earth. And it goes back to this, we have a forerunner who has entered before us. So really, all we're, all we're, all we're doing is following the model of Jesus. And we, I know we think we know everything about Jesus, but the Bible also says that, you know, there's volumes in the, in, that could never be recorded in Scripture that Jesus did that we never understood, never saw, we, we never heard of it, that he already did in the earth. And so when we think we know, we just better hold on and just say, God, you need to give me grace so that I can behold you and behold what you're doing in this hour. Because I'm telling you, there's, in, there's a, a great anointing that's about to be poured out in this hour. And I want to be there. And I want to be there to receive it. And so do you. And so, also a pioneer is the, one, the first one to settle in a territory. And so, God is doing something, I believe, in the earth, in this hour. And he's called many, but few are chosen. And if the shoe fits, kick it off. Because you want to be chosen. You don't want to just be called. You want to be chosen and pulled into what God wants to do in this hour. So I, I just want to just rehearse some of David's life. Because there are, are messages in the midst of, of who David was. And how he began to um, come into kingship. Actually, we'll just go because... The heart, everything has to do with the heart. Can I tell you when the Lord begins to move in a fresh new way, it's going to break traditional things. And normally, I, I will just say this, normally it's going to offend someone. And so he will, he will offend us to reveal our hearts. All right. So I'm not here to offend you. That's not my, that's not my job tonight. But re revival is offensive. And when God begins to move, it becomes offensive to the natural. And, and it will offend hearts. So forerunners will be able to, or I should say, will be willing to give up their reputation. Are you with me? I'm just going to read a quick verse. You can write it down and you can look at it, but I'm, I'm going to be moving quickly soon. So 1 Samuel 13, verse 12. And we see this. We see what happens. 
is Saul's been, Saul's been uh, doing things out of order. He's now moving in rebellion, which is witchcraft. And instead of listening to the prophetic word and obeying the, the word of the Lord, he begins to do things in compromise the word of God. Are you with me? He begins to compromise some things, and, and, and the prophet begins to, well, he just, he just rebukes him. So verse 13, Samuel said to Saul, um, see what happened was he began to give a, a burnt offering. Why? Why would he give a burnt offering? Because the people were getting restless. I will just say this before I move on. Most, most, most pastors, most ministry leaders, not saying all, but most respond to the desire of the people more than the desire of God. And God wants us to go and follow him and when the people start getting restless, we don't offer a sacrifice that wasn't called for when we were supposed to wait for the prophet. When we were supposed to wait for the spirit of the Lord to come, we did something. I'm telling you, you, you leave dead space in any service and people get restless because we've not learned to wait on God. When the Holy Spirit wants to move... There's going to be some things. I'm going to hit you. if if I hit you in the forehead, it's okay. Just keep, I, I'm going to take I'm going to take my liberty tonight to hit you in the forehead. If I don't hit you with this one, I'll hit you with something else, because the Lord is really wanting to to cause the whole church to come into this honor and to walk in honor. And we want to honor first the presence of God. I must honor the presence of God before I honor you. Look over here and say that. This, this side saying amen. I must first honor the presence of God before I honor you. You say, well, if, if you were honoring me, you'd be honoring God. Well, not necessarily. Because our needs become fickle. Hmm. All right. I can't seem to get through this. Okay. So we have him. He gives, he gives an offering. He, he, he sacrifices something. He's not supposed to. It's not his job. He's not a priest. He's not a prophet. So it says, And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly, and you have not kept the commandments of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. Can I just tell you David was the second pick? No, I'm, I'm, because the prophet said it right there. If you had listened and obeyed, if you had gone by the word of the Lord and not offered to another idol, which was the fear of man, I don't care what it is. Anything could get in the way and cause us to do things and cause us to compromise, and it's the fear of man and 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 what other people think. And so. It says, but now your kingdom will not continue, for the Lord sought out for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded 
him to be the commander over his people. Capital his. Not David's people, God's people. And it says, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Ooh. Let me just say this. Here is the the nutshell. When, When God called David... And he put him because his heart was perfect. Everyone say this with me. Perfect before the Lord. And you say, wait, he did all kinds of crazy things. No, no, no. His heart was perfect before the Lord. Even though he sinned, he knew how to repent. Even though he, he took censuses when he wasn't supposed to take censuses, he, he learned how to gain God's heart even in the midst of stumbling and making his way through his his long and successful kingship. And I'm just going to say this tonight. God wants you to rule and reign with him, and you're called to, called to walk as a king. Let me just say this about David. David was called, he was a priest, he was a king, he was a prophet, he was a, oh my goodness, he, he was a songwriter, he was a poet. He knew the heart of God. So he was creative, yet he was a man of war. He was a great lover of God, and he loved God's people, but he made blo- he was, the Bible says that his hands were bloody. And so God's wanting us to walk in the same heart of David. That doesn't mean go make war. But you call, I will tell you what, every time that he's making war, he's making war against the people that were against God. God's enemies, which is just a picture of spiritual warfare, all right? And so the Holy Spirit, really, wants you to walk as a forerunner, wants you to be confident in what God's going to do in this hour because he's changing and shifting hearts. He's preparing us for something new that he wants to do in this hour. So David was a shepherd. He was faithful and loyal. He honored Let me just stop here and just say, can we honor the presence of God? Let's just, I know we've been in this place a long time, but as we go into this next place, I was in there praying for, just before I came here, empty, nice and clean and clear in there. And I'm just like, God, what is happening? Lord, I want you to fill this place with your presence. Before we even come here, I walked every board in that floor. And I just said, Lord, I want to make room for you to come here. So whatever, I need to hear your your voice. I need to see what you're doing. I need to have a heart that's prepared, that's open to what you want to do. And I want to be wild in every place that you tell me to be wild. And I want you. To, I want to be in, in complete guile. I want to be in, in a place where I'm, I'm, I'm pure before you in every way. And God, would you fill this place with your presence and people that love your presence? Would you do that, God? Because I don't want, listen, here's what God wants to do in this next place. It's not about, yes, we have more space and we have a place for more people. But I, my cry, my desire is that God would fill that place with radical, wild burning people that are not going to compromise that are going to walk after the things of heaven that are going to continue to shift in in the way that God calls them to move and change and God wants us to be in that place so I want us to honor the presence of God 
when it's when it's time to worship we worship no really when it's time to get before the lord and get wild and some of us don't do the banner thing and we don't it's okay flags are okay they're good it's legal the only thing that's not legal is tambourines no. Holy Spirit wants us to be positioned and ready for what he wants to do in this next season. And it's not just about us. It's about the whole region. God's looking for a people that desire him and desire to behold him and to desire to do what pleases his heart. David was a shepherd. He was out in the field. He had a humble beginning and he was fine with the humble beginning. Do you understand that? And, and uh, you know what happened? His heart always stayed in humble beginnings, I believe. It never changed. It was always wild for him. And so God was, he was faithful and loyal, maybe to a fault. Maybe to a fault. Just think, the one who was trying to execute him, he had two times he could have taken him out. And he said, no, I won't touch God's anointed. Doesn't matter if he's seeking, if he's going and, and asking witches what to do next. Doesn't matter. Faithful and loyal. He honored previous leadership, even though they were trying to execute him. Let me just tell you, that's a tough place to be. Let me just tell you from experience, it's a tough place to be. It's a tough place to bless while yet you're being cursed. It's a tough place to, to bless while you're being criticized. It's a tough place to bless while things are, are coming at you. How long will you let Saul's spears fly at you? As long as, until God says it's okay. Yeah. And so he was a warrior. He was fearless. He was a giant killer. He was a warrior. A kid who didn't know anything. But when the threats that came against Israel came against him, he said, who is this? Who's this? Who's this chump? Who's this guy? I don't care how big he is. I know who I serve. I killed the bear. I killed the lion. I knew all those things. Who is this that defies the God of Israel? And we have a spirit of the age that's defying the God of Israel all over America, all over New England, especially in the blue states up here. Come on. And the whole, and it's, it's not about Republican or Democrat. It's called, I believe, and I'm going to stand for what's righteous. I'm going to stand for God's faithfulness. I'm going to stand for who God is and not my, my, my blue or my red. Come on. And the Holy Spirit wants us to be dependent like David upon the Lord God of Israel. With a little sling and a stone. So that you can take out giants. You were called to kill giants, but you choose not to. Oh, hello. 
I'll try it over here. You're called to kill giants, but you choose not to. Really, we're all called to take down things. According to the word of the Lord, we're called to take the things out that are trying to defy God's presence in a region. Come on, I'm talking to forerunners. I'm talking to pioneers tonight. I'm talking to the ones that are ready to go and ready to move. But some of you chose to sit down and be quiet. I'll just sit down and be quiet. I'll just be quiet. No, no. Honestly, I'll provoke you out of this church is what I'll do. No, I will. I will provoke you out of this church because I, I don't do well with like just chill. We'll just wait till the Lord comes. No, no. You need to be ready. You need to be filled with oil. You need to be on, on point with Jesus and ready to go to the places that he wants you to go to. Man. All right. Just go with me. I'm going to hit a couple things because go to 1 Samuel chapter 30. We're going to talk about Ziklag because this is, this is where, ready, everything's about to come undone for David. Let me just give you the background. Listen, we read Psalm 18 on Tuesday, and I got mashed. I got torched. I got, you shouldn't miss prayer. I don't know what you all are doing on Tuesdays, but you shouldn't miss prayer. Bang. There you go. I have some of the most profound encounters on a Tuesday night. I don't encounter the Lord as much on a Sunday because I, I got a mission. You know, I've got, a, I've got an assignment. So I tend to be, you know, Tuesday I don't have an assignment. So the Lord is there to get me, and I don't know why he does it on a Tuesday night often, but he does. And so I just felt I really encountered the Lord in a deep, deep, profound way. And I want you to just know that God is coming to bring kingship to your life. He wants to do two things. He wants you to be a royal priesthood. That's the same thing in one. Royalty and the priesthood. He's got your kingship ahead of you and your priestly anointing that's going to come to your life. So I just, 1 Samuel chapter 30, it says, Now when David and his men were in Ziklag. So he is being chased. He has been chased for over a decade. This is David. Servant to King Saul, served him anyway, even after it got weird. Served him, played, played the harp to get demons out of him. Now he's being chased through the, through the wilderness, him and his 600 men. And guess what? It looks like it's the end. I'll tell you this. He came in to some type of agreement with the, with the Philistines, and he was going to go to war against Israel. And they said, no way, we don't want you out here. Thankfully, thankfully. Why? Because Saul died in that skirmish. But they sent them back to Ziklag. And when they get back to Ziklag, everything's gone. Everything's gone. They didn't kill anyone, but they took everything and burned the town. And so we have it here. It says that now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day. Everyone say on the third day. On the third day, something's about to happen. On the third day, resurrection happens. 
on the third day, it may look really, really bad, like everything's dead, like it's over. But I'm telling you, on the third day, good things begin to happen. It says that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. And it had taken captive men and women, those who were from the, small, from the smallest to the greatest. And they did not kill anyone, but carried them away. And they went their way. And so David and his men came to the city. And there, there it was. It burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Keep going. And David, David's two wives, I'm not going to go into that, Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, and the Carmelite had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of the people was grieved, and every man for his son and his daughter. The Bible says here, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. I just want you to see a couple things. In the midst of, of the worst time, Listen, they've been running with him for 15 years. And now they're like, we're done. You're dead. You've been going on. We've been chasing dreams. We've been chasing smoke with you your whole life and our whole lives. And now everything's gone. It's, you've cost us everything. And the Bible says that they spoke of stoning him, of killing him. <laughs> And he said, the Bible says here that David strengthened himself. He began to intercede. He began to pray. And it says then, then David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring an ephod here to me. Now stop. Is that legal? No, he's not a priest. Just keep that ephod in mind, okay, as we go ahead. During Ziklag, all these things begin to go sideways, right? The Holy Spirit, in the midst of calamity, will get you through anything. Amen. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God in a people will get you through anything. And, and when the Spirit of God, you need to learn, everyone in this room, to strengthen yourself in God. Listen, it's not pastor's job to strengthen you in the Lord. Ugh. You didn't get that. This side definitely didn't get it. This side's at least telling me something. I'm telling you, it's not pastor's job to strengthen you in the Lord. The Bible says that you're supposed to walk with oil, not show up at midnight and say, give me some of yours. The Bible says that the, there were, those virgins were ready and some were not. And I'm telling you, we have to make ourselves ready in the day of calamity, in the day of flourishing. Oh, see, it's hard while everything's flourishing, everything's going good, we're making six figures or more, everything's going well. 
but I'm not going to maintain, I'm not going to encourage myself in the Lord. God says, listen, if you're radical, if you're a forerunner, if you're a prototype of Jesus Christ in the earth, prototypes keep themselves filled. Forerunners are filled. Pioneers are blazing. Pioneers, forerunners, burning ones, they're all on fire. They're all ready for what's about to come to them. Okay? But I, I just want you to see this, that God, in his goodness, as he takes the ephod and he goes to the council of the Lord and he inquires of the Lord, shall I, shall I what? Pursue this troop. Shall I overtake them? And the Lord's answer is pursue, for you shall over, oh, surely, you will most definitely, you will absolutely overtake them. And without fail, recover all. So then I was like, sounds like Psalm 18. No, and I had to go look at it, and you, you get back and forth with the scholars. Well, I don't know if he was writing Psalm 18. He could have been writing Psalm 34. Well, we'll read them both. So Psalm 18, verse 28 says this, For you will light my lamp. This is David, because a lot of scholars believe that he was writing this in the immediate wake of Ziklag. He says, you will, you will light my lamp. Come on. Get lit. There's a t-shirt for that. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Come on. He will enlighten my darkness. The place where I can't see. The place that looks very, very grim. The, the, the circumstances that don't look great. He's going to bring light. He's the only one that can bring light. That's why we need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord in the day of calamity. In the day when they're burning takes place all around us. For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, His way is perfected. The Lord, the word of the Lord is proven. And He is a shield to all who trust Him. For who is God except the Lord? Who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes me, it makes my way perfect. Come on. Makes my way perfect. He makes my feet as a feet of a deer. And this means that you are not contained by a situation. You are not contained by that which tries to hem you in. You're only contained by what you're mentally able to jump over. If you can't jump over it, you're contained by it. And most of us, it's our mental state that we can't jump over something. We can't get out of the state of mind that we're in. And God wants to break that and, and totally eradicate it tonight because you're called to live as a warrior. You're called to live as a lover. You're called to live as all these things that David portrayed in the life of Christ in Scripture. He teaches my hands to war so that my arms can bend a, bro, a, a bonds of, uh, bow of bronze. 
You've also given to me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. Now that's enough to smash you and mess you up for the night. We can go home on that. Literally, his gentleness, his goodness, his everlasting kindness has made you great. It's the greatness of God that he is so gentle with us. He's so loving to us that he causes us to walk in this victorious way. You enlarge my path under me so my feet do not slip. I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn back till they were destroyed. I have wounded them so that they will not rise. And, I have fall, and they have fallen under my feet. You have armed me with strength for battle, and you have sub subdued under me those who rose up against me. Listen, there are things that are trying to rise up against the church. There are things that are trying to rise up against every believer in this room. There are things, and it may be different for everyone in this room, but there are certain things that try to rise up. Remember I talked about having a positive mindset or a negative mindset last week. Listen, we can walk in positive thinking. We can think the best of people, or we can think negatively towards everyone around us. We can have a criticism towards everything around us. I'm telling you that God is calling us to walk where our paths are wide where we see greater, where, we, where we, we shift every enemy that's under our feet. Come on, the enemy is already under your feet. You've been given dominion in the earth, and we must walk in that way. But it only comes by having a heart that wants to please the Lord, that wants to do right by Him. I'm telling you, because our eyes get blinded because we get self-motivated by certain things. This is what I'm talking about. Any ministry, it's easy to do because you got all of a sudden you got the monster to feed. You've got selfish ambition that you want to see happen. It happens in business. It happens all different ways. We have motives in which we want to see things happen, and God's saying, listen, would you come to me, and I will open your pathway. It'll be wide, and you'll have a heart like my son David. Can I tell you, David was given the most incredible promise, and that was that the lineage of Jesus Christ would come from him. That his throne would literally be established forever, and ever, and ever. And the returning king is coming to where? David's throne. It's really the Lord's throne. But that's where he's coming. He's coming to rule and reign. Come on. Psalm 40. Verse 1 through 8, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me. He heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon what? A rock, and established my steps. God is so good about establishing your steps, even if you think, wow, I'm not going to make it out of this one. Do you know how many times that I was either under arrest or, or busted up or, uh, yeah, in my old life, B.C., everyone's like looking at me like, 
You don't, even, you don't even know how I got here. You don't know what I've been through to get here. The Lord is used by his grace. He helped me when I was in a horrible pit. I think about the pits that I've had in my Christian walk. It's nothing compared to the pits I used to have in my, my unsanctified life. You know, we act like we're suffering for Jesus and, and because of a little persecution or a little, oh, this one doesn't, this leader doesn't like me, this person doesn't like me, whatever it is. Listen, Holy Spirit wants you to walk in victory no matter what. He wants you to have an undivided heart. Your heart doesn't go, oh, I'm going to please people to make them like me rather than doing what the Lord says to do. I'm, I'm going to be loyal to myself rather than loyal to the Lord. Oh, okay. I'll go the other way. He's put a song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and, tr and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. Can I tell you that David always trusted in God? He may have had moments, but if he slipped, come on, he knew how to get back on the rock. And that rock was Christ. And he had a revelation of Jesus Christ before he, anyone on the planet probably had a revelation of the Lord. Many, O oh Lord, my God, are your wonderful works which you have done. And your thoughts towards us, they can't be counted to you in order. That means God does so much all the time and we take it for granted. Listen to me. David had a heart where he, he would re reoccur and rehearse the things that God would do for him. Even in the midst of being in a pit, he would, re he would come back and he would recount the ways how God got him out of every jam. How the Lord worked when there was no other way to get there. Yeah. If I were to declare and speak of them, they would be more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you have not required. Then I said, behold, I come in the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O oh my God, and your law is within my heart. David said, I hide your word in my heart so that I will not sin against you. The Lord is looking for a people that will hide the word. That means I go in and listen, listen. Can I just say this? It, it's so easy for me to give a message and then you don't go grab it yourself. It's more than just reading your Bible. I'm going to give you a key. It's more than just reading your Bible every day and checking it off. Listen to me. This will help you. You have to study your Bible. What do you mean by that, Pastor? That means I'd get a little Bible app. Actually, there's blue letter. There's all kinds of things. Just utilize them. They just tear apart little portions of Scripture. You get one Scripture and you just read what the original Greek is or the original Hebrew. It opens up things. You read articles on it. It helps open up and you're, you begin to feed on what, you begin to hide the Word in your heart. And so you have to, you have to cultivate that in your life. Guess what? That will strengthen you in the Lord. Right? So study to show yourself approved. But study to feed your inner man. You need it. 
Look at your neighbor and say, you need it. You do need it. You need it. All right, and I'm just going to hit this last, this last encounter or account in regards to David because there is, there is something that is key in here for us to walk as forerunners. Listen, David did not care. Even in the midst of all things coming against him, he was able to break through. And, we, and I can just say that. He knew how to break through. The Bible says that he inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said, go around the garrison, and you'll have breakthrough. Because he is the Lord of the breakthrough. He was literally shown to David as the Lord of the breakthrough. So I'm telling you, as a forerunner, as a pioneer in what God's going to do through you in this hour, God's wanting us to step into this alignment with the Holy Spirit so that we listen and step according to what his words are. Ready? Go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 6. And we have this account. They tried to bring the ark of the Lord to Jerusalem, and there was an oops, it slipped. And it cost lives. But then they brought the ark of the Lord to Obed-Edom's house, and guess what happened? Everything was like, woo! It was like, no, the guy had it. He didn't want to let it go. I wouldn't, I'd be like, just leave it there. And then his whole, gen then all the generations behind him began, became priesthood just because of that. It's just wild, okay? So we're there, okay? And, and we're going to go beyond that because we're, we're at six, and I'm going to go, I'm going to start verse 15. No, we'll back up. We'll go to 12. Now it was told to King David, saying, The Lord has blessed this house, the house of Obed-Edom, and all that belongs to him. Just remember this. When you have the presence of God, you are blessed. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what it looks like. But everything that, it says that everything belonged to him was blessed because of the ark. And David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Eden. And David is really excited about this. Can I say this? That David wanted that back in his kingdom. It wasn't just enough that it was living at the neighbors downstairs, down the hill. Okay? But it says that the says that so, the, so David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was. When those bearing the ark had gone six paces, they sacked. So this, this was the deal. They went back to the model that God showed. I just want you to see. They took six step, steps and then sacrificed. It's a long walk. And it's not happening fast. What does that mean? Build, a, build an altar, cut this thing open, and sacrifice it. 
every six paces. How about slow down? We were talking about this before, but God's saying slow down. Slow down. He sacrificed oxen and fattened sheep. So we don't know how many, but there's a whole lot of blood happening there. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might, and he was wearing what? A linen ephod. Now, contrary to popular belief, he wasn't in his tidy whities no, I'm, I'm serious because everyone thinks he was like dancing naked before the Lord. That's not what was happening. He had priestly garments, the undergarments of the priest. The same probably undergarments that he was wearing when he inquired of the Lord before the Ziklag turned around. And so he is excited and he doesn't care what anyone thinks. And he's the king, yet he's dancing like a crazy priest. I just want you to think on that for a minute. Because dignity wasn't an issue. In the coming move of God, we have to forerun something that you are completely undignified. (laughs) And some people don't like that. Actually, I'll say most people don't like that. But when God comes and he begins to come on people and manifest himself, things begin to happen. And so David, you got David leaping and whirling before the Lord. And it's the Bible says that Michael, his wife, says that she despised him. And so they brought the ark and set it in a place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then David offered burnt offerings. Oh, wait a minute. Didn't Saul do that and get in trouble? Hmm. David acting as priest and prophet. David wearing many hats. Why? Because he's actually a picture of the apostolic ministry that God wants to release in this hour. And God is raising up. The Bible says in Amos that he is raising, he will rebuild the tabernacle of David. That is where there's open worship. There is constant worship because David changed everything in, the, in how worship was. He shifted everything in how worship was. There was now open and there was always minstrels there before the Lord, ministering before the Lord. And I'm telling you, your life is to, to look like this, to ministry constantly. The Bible says it, it encourages us to constantly, to be in prayer perpetually. Always, without ceasing, Paul says. And so the Holy Spirit wants us to mimic and to be a model of what David did in the Old Testament. Listen, what David was doing in the Old Testament was already a forerunner of what we see now in the New Testament. It was already, he was already moved ahead in time, and he was already touching something that hadn't been seen and would not be seen again until the New Testament. Are you hearing me? So he was a, a forerunner 
of what we are to, to step into. It says that the Bible is explicit about Mikhail despising, despising what he was doing. And then it comes to the back room, ready? Verse 21. David gets in the back room, says to his wife, it was before the Lord. He chose me instead of your father. That's, those words of a fighting right there. He chose me instead of your father. And all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord and over Israel. Can I tell you, at Ziklag, there was a shift. And immediately after Ziklag, Saul's killed, Jonathan's killed, and now the, the ruling king is now David because he was anointed by the prophet. And in one, within a, a short period, after 15 years of toil, after 15 years of, of pushing through, of 15 years of fighting, he now enters into kingship. He enters into rulership. He enters into that place. And he will not allow his own wife to tell him how to worship. I don't have to worry about my wife. She already told me she'll take Jesus over me any day. So I don't have to worry about that. And I'm thankful because we want a house to be filled with radical worship. We want our desire to be Jesus above all else, that there's no other gods before me, that I have the Lord himself. He is the one true king. There is only one king but Jesus in the house of God. And so it says that, therefore, it says that uh, he goes on and says, therefore, I will play music before the Lord, and I will be even more undignified than this, and will be humble in my own sight. Even though you think I'm not looking humble, I'm humble. My heart is humble before the Lord. And I'm telling you, God is looking for a forerunner generation to come up that's living under the anointing of David, that's ready to raise up the tabernacle that has been foretold of to be rebuilt in the earth. And there are some that are doing it even now. In the fullness of it, I don't know, 24 hours, 365, Mike Bickle wouldn't recommend it, he said. No, I'm serious because that's how, IHOP Kansas City is the one ministry at least that I know of that's constant with constant worship, 24-7, it's going up from Kansas City. If there's an invasion, we run there. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But you understand what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit is wanting to ready the Northeast. The Holy Spirit is wanting to ready New England for an outpouring of the Spirit. And He wants us to be comfortable with being much more undignified than we've ever thought of. 
And there has to be a place where you are taken. Every, everything that hedges you in, everything that tries to contain you is brought down. Because the Lord wants you free in this room. The Lord wants your worship completely free. He wants you to know how to handle warfare on a level that you've never understood. And you don't, you're not called to go up and take down principalities and powers, but you're called to wage war for your own life, for your own soul, and for the souls around you. Do you understand me? And because the Holy Spirit has been given you as, as a helper, as an advocate, to, to move us and to, to just bring us into a whole new level where God comes and begins to require of us that place where we come and we say, Lord, behold, I come. And in the scroll of the book, what is written of me, I delight to do your will. See, the Lord has a book that's written. <laughs> He's got a book that's written over Kingdom Awakening Ministries. You know that? Oh, that scares me right there. He's got a book that's written over Miles' life, over Lisa's life, over Daniel's life, over Ken's life, over, over Joe's life, over who, whoever's life in this room. He's got a, a book that's written over your life, and so you should desire to delight the Lord in everything that you do. And when he is our delight and he becomes our magnificent obsession, then something changes in our hearts. We begin to look at him only and we don't get veered off and we don't get stuck in church, churchianity. We don't get stuck in a dead religion that only comes up with death. Oh. And God is wanting to blow a wind on your life tonight. And he calls you a forerunner. He calls you a burning one. He calls you a pioneer. He calls you ones that, 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 that defy what the old has ever looked like. Listen, do you understand that Saul, it was the old house of Saul that he was battling with within his wife. He was married to the old. And God is saying, if you're married to the old, you better just ignore it. Because God wants you to step into the brand new and he doesn't want you hindered by the old ways, by the things that have held you down in the past. He doesn't want you held down by those things and he doesn't want you to be held down by old activities of worship. When he's called you to worship in a different way. Jesus. Let's just go back again. It's this hope we have. It's this hope we have, an anchor of our soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us here's the ease in everything that I just said Jesus already made a way Jesus already made a way even Jesus having become the high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek 
We have the picture of the king priest again. Not only King Jesus, but that Melchizedek order. Hebrews chapter 4. Let us therefore be diligent. No, 14. Sorry. Seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Listen, Hebrews kills it with this. Chapter 10, verse 19 through 20, the one that we studied for weeks and weeks, right? The new and living way. He made a way through the veil by his flesh. It is all in the sacrifice of Christ that we enter in as forerunners because he's already made a way. He already cleared the path before you. There is nothing of your old that should get in the way. The only thing you, you, you have to do is get it out of the way. <laughs> Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For, he, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the, in, to help in the time of need. David was living this out through his whole life because he already knew that he had a great high priest. And listen, the Lord caused such favor to come on his life that he began to, to, to see the literal manifestation of God in his life. I was going to stop with something else. Chapter 7, 2 Samuel. You guys can look at this later. But he gets this privilege, right? His heart was to build a house, to build a place, to build a tabernacle. And after all this, after this whole mess with his wife, he just declares, that's it. I'm... And it says that Mikhail was barren. She became barren, and it's noted that after this point in David's life that she became barren. That means she was not fruitful. And God wants fruitfulness in your life. Amen? It says, that, says this, that the, the prophet Nathan came to him and said, listen, all the enemies around you, everything's quiet. You're living in rest now. Here's what, here's what God's assignment for you is. Go do that, all that's in your heart, for the Lord is with you. It's verse 3. Go do all that's in your heart, for the Lord is with you. Can I tell you, when you've been working with the Lord, when you've been seeking God, when you've been acting on His accord... It just becomes this place of rest, and go, things become easier. Listen to me. They become an easier flow. Ready? As we, as we have small acts of obedience, I believe it opens wider doors. I believe it broadens the path underneath you. Underneath you. 
And it says this, that go, is he, the, the prophetic word to him is go and do that's all, all that's in your heart for the Lord's with you. He says, go and make, make my house. And David becomes excited about the fact that he gets to make the house of God now. And it isn't manifested until Solomon, though. But it says this in verse 12. It says, I will establish his kingdom, and he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. God's looking to establish something in the region. And when God comes to your life and begins to open you up, come on, everyone lift your hands with me right now. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We thank you, Father, for what you're going to establish. You're going to establish fresh things in this room even tonight. Lord, we're asking right now for a heart. It's a heart of David. We're asking for David's heart, that heart that's pure, that he was after your own heart, God. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your goodness, for your kindness. Lord, we thank you, Father, for everything that you're doing. But, God, I'm asking, Father, that you just cause us to be forerunners in our heart right now. Lord, that you give us a pioneering spirit. That, Father, you would give us, Lord, that, that decree that came to David, go and do all that's in your heart. Listen, you have permission. Just keep your hands raised. You have permission from the Lord. As you continue to walk in obedience and continue to walk in his ways, you have permission from the Lord himself. Just receive it. It's in the scripture. It's right there. It's right there in the book. Go and do all that's in your heart. Come on, begin to dream with God and begin to step into the forerunner ministry. God's cut you as a, you're going to cut the edge on something that no one else can. Come on. God has something in you that he's going to, whether it's, it could be, it doesn't even need to be, it can be a kingdom business. It can be uh, some creative idea. It can be something that the Lord is doing that's going to break you through and break you out. But he's saying, listen, don't compromise anything. Worship abandoned be undignified in my presence be in a place where my heart can find you and and touch you listen you say god can find me anywhere no no your heart has been in a posture where it's a magnet to the presence of god and then favor comes on your life. And God, I thank you that you're pulling people out of places that have been zigzag, Father. You're pulling them out and causing them to recover everything. It'll cause them to cover, recover relationships. It'll cause them to, cover, to recover every, everything that they've lost, Father. And Lord, I thank you for your, your causing us to walk in a place where we're undignified before you. Lord, where we're radically given over to you. And Lord, I thank you for favor in this room right now. Come on, just stand with me. Stand. Holy Spirit, we just thank you.
Lord, I ask that you just release in this room, in this room tonight. That forerunning spirit causes us to be loyal, faithful to you, God, to you. And when we're loyal and faithful to you, we don't, we're don't. we loyal and faithful to those around us. I promise you that will happen. But Lord, we, we, wanna, I, we want hearts that are completely loyal and faithful to you. I'm not faithful to a movement or any other thing. I'm faithful to you, God. And Lord, I thank you for anointing. There's an anointing coming. I'm just going to say that tonight. There's an anointing coming for the forerunners. And God wants to anoint you and pull you into a place where you begin to move ahead in things that you never thought. And God may give you an idea. It may come after tonight. He may give you something that God begins to just begin to incubate in your heart. The womb of what God wants to do is going to be released right now. It's, it's something that the, the, the life of God, the, the sperma of God is going to come and touch you in your spirit, man, right now. And God's going to begin to do something and begin to birth something inside of you that's going to do things that are going to change eternal things. Listen to me. But you've got to become hungry for it. You've got to become desperate to get before the Lord. Because let me tell you about David. He was radically given to seek the Lord. If there's one thing that I will pull out, out of all the things that I said, and I didn't even mention it, it was his heart to seek God and to find Him. And even in the midst of hell coming at him, he broke through and broke into heavenly realities and began to strengthen himself, even in dark places. So God, we thank you for pulling us through all the things that you have in the past. Lord, I thank you, Father, you're doing something in this room even now. Release the seed of heaven in this room right now. And I thank you, Father, that you're going to break open and break through in some areas tonight. And God, we ask that we just step in, that we step in to that place where you are. By your divine nature, release that thing that you're going to do. Lord, we're forerunning. We're stepping into the new tonight.